They're coming to get you, Barbara. I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise me. Because you'll never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. What's up, good people? It's your host. I'm your boy, Ricky Carmona. Welcome to Who Shout Ya? With me in the studio, my man, film reviews editor at The Rep, Alonzo Duralde in the building. Alonzo, what's good with you, sir? So, okay, I'm super slow sometimes on the technology, but it turns out (laughs) that if you have the Netflix app on your phone... You can download certain things. Yes. And then watch them <laughs> on an airplane. What? When you don't have the Wi Fi. I didn't know that. Because, you know, the Wi Fi on the airplane, like, you can't really stream. But yeah. you can, like, download it at home on your own Wi Fi and then watch them later. So I watched, I just came back from the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, which was lovely. On the way there, watched, uh, finally finished Russian Doll, loved it. And then coming back, um, I watched, uh, I got caught up with uh, Big Mouth and started Umbrella Academy, and it was like just super convenient. Oh, yeah. Why? Being trapped in a flying tuna can, you just get to catch up with culture. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> it's like a sen- sensory deprivation. Can't do anything else. Culture jammed yeah. into your senses. Yeah. We should let the people know also, Alonzo has a burner flip phone. <laughs> yeah, it's a little grainy, but you know, I get the idea. It works. It works. <laughs> also with us, film critic, host of the Switchblade Sisters podcast, April Wolf is in the building. April, what's good with you? Um, so I was looking through because there's some dumb kind of meme thing on Twitter, and I was looking through Wikipedia just to be like, I wonder who are the famous people from my hometown. <laughs> and it was like the people that you expect, like Paul Schrader, Gillian Anderson, um, Anthony Kiedis, and but then I was just like, oh, Al Green is from my hometown, and then I was like. Adina Howard? What? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you guys ever listen, you know, like the listeners listen to uh, Freak Like Me on repeat, like I did. (laughs) Just like taping it off the radio and just like, gonna be a freak until the day, until the dawn. (laughs) And we can pump, pump. Uh, 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 Heck yeah. So I just, you know, shout out to Adina Howard, my fellow sister, Gren Rapidian. I didn't know that... (laughs) I didn't know you were from there when I was sitting on the trampoline, my only friend's house, and <laughs> listening yes. to that song over and over. Yes. Well, Outcast is from my hometown, but I will not be favoring you with a rendition. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us with that hey ya, son. Yeah, Hit us with that hey ya. I was like, try it. <laughs> now, ladies. <laughs> Oh, and we have a special guest with us. This is very exciting. She's a comedian, a regular on Good Mythical Morning. Ladies and gentlemen, Emily Fleming's in the building. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, Emily. Yeah. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank what is, you. What is good with you? All right, let's see. Got my hair done yesterday. That was nice. I've just recently dyed my hair red, and it is uh, a bitch to upkeep. I don't know if you know that it's expensive. I just want you ladies to know it's a commitment. You're saying this on day two. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. <I've, laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. what's What's been good? Um, I'm very excited about the new Child's Play preview that oh, came out. Okay. That looks pretty cool. Um, I was a little skeptical about Aubrey Plaza playing a mom. Sure. I was like, is that where we're at? That's a mom. It's <laughs> <laughs> 2019. Like yo. she's still in her prime. I don't. I don't get it. I think they graduate like comedic female actresses at 29, and they're like, well, you, your your you know stock is dwindling, mm. right? You're, like you're a mom now. You've become parental. 
Yeah, in a horror <laughs> movie. It's just, it's really, but I was skeptical and then I saw the preview and I was like, damn, she's, like, she looks really, she's crushing it. I don't know. I'm, I'm really into it. I'm very excited about it. It looks really scary. I'm, I'm stoked. Why? And, uh, yeah. Are you a fan of the original Child's of Play? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. That's why I'm stoked about the new one. Also stoked about the new Pet Cemetery trailer. John Lithgow is yes. I have be not, in it. I have not seen the trailer to that. I've seen trailer the trailer looks to good. the Does it? All right. Do, are you, so you so you're a trailer person. When I you, love when trailers. When you see trailers, you're like, okay, I'm in. I'm also that asshole in the theater who'll go. Looks like it sucks. <laughs> That's fucking bullshit. I'll just like I'll say it. I don't care. Mostly because I'm very drunk, <laughs> but also because I have opinions and I'm. I just feel like I want to have solidarity with everyone else in there because I can feel them chuckling. Yes. Amongst themselves sure. going, Jesus Christ, that looks bad. I or feel like <laughs> you're getting together your group just in case a disaster happens while the theater is just like, look, we need to solidify ourselves. <laughs> yeah. need to I gotta find ready. my people in yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I th- usually uh, everybody, in, you could feel the energy in the theater when the trailers are going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you could feel the pretension or you could feel the, oh, fuck, that looks cool. Yes. Like You could feel it. Yeah, oh, and absolutely. So I love trailers and I, I don't, I feel like all the stuff, I feel like the special effects have gotten to a point where it no longer impresses us. Something, we can just accept it for what it is. Something just looking outstanding and looking uh, just really impressive isn't enough anymore. Mm. And using the like the music that goes wah, wah, like in that, and then the, the the lens flare and shit, like we're we're hip to the tricks. <laughs> to yes. the tricks. Mm, like yes. I think that it, now, hopefully, there's a new turnover with film where it's like. A little more sincerity, a little more authenticity, a little bit like better stuff. I don't know. I think that they're. I think we're over the superhero shit. Yeah. We want new stuff. Yeah, totally. Or a new twist on it. Oh, I like this. Yeah, yeah. But I'm more into horror than I am into action. Okay. Movies. Okay. So, Excellent. Yeah. That's Pet Cemetery and, and Child's Play. Child's Play look cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Reboot Nation. Yeah. Hey, Ricky, what's good? Oh, thank you. Uh, everything is good, y'all. I'm having a solid Tuesday. It's good to be here. Uh, yeah, that's what's up, y'all. I, what did you, you know what? One more question about trailers because it has to do <laughs> with uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about here. We're going to talk about the Oscars in a bit. All right. Uh, what did you think of the Irishman trailer? Did you see that? Oh, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Joe Pesci's back. Yeah. That oh, was very, Joe Pesci. I'm so excited. <laughs> very simple trailer. He just looks right good. to the point. Just, <laughs> oh, so, Joe Pesci's aging well, very did well. Did you see the the commercial? You know how uh, Macaulay Culkin did that? I don't remember what oh, the, the Google product The was. Google alert. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then Joe Pesci did a response uh, commercial where he's oh, watching funny. Macaulay oh, Culkin. Oh, I didn't see that. He's like, this is good. <laughs> just kind of watch it. And Joe Pesci looks amazing. <laughs> he's aged very well. Of course, because well. he retired. Yeah, exactly. He was like, I don't need this anymore. But he's like slim. He's like in fighting shape. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He looks good. Is he still rocking the beard? No. Oh, I can't remember if he was rocking the beard. I just remember going, he looks amazing. Mm. Somebody pointed out that Irishman commercial looked like an ad for an airport novel. <laughs> with the bullet casing bouncing around. Yeah. <laughs> James oh. D. McDonald. <laughs> did, they, did they refer to it as the Irishman commercial? <laughs> 
It, well, it's not. I mean, it's, not even, it's barely even a teaser. It's it was. A, it was like a teaser. It's yeah, a yeah. parade of names with an animated bullet with casing. With a bullet phone. Yeah, I was like, I'm all in. What I are... still think it's not a real movie. I still think. <laughs> I still think this is an enormous tax dodge. I had to make like I. I do think I remember hearing that there was somebody else who was going to play the role that Joe Pesci uh, filled in. There was somebody else who dropped out. Dame Helen Mirren. <laughs> she's just trying to get in everything. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. But yeah, no, there was somebody else, and they dropped out, and somehow that uh, Scorsese brought Pesci out of retirement. That's great. He's Fantastic. like, I want you, man. You're the man. That's what's up. Well, on this week's episode, yeah, we are going to be talking about the new Steven Soderbergh Netflix movie, High Flying Bird. We're going to take a call from the Who Shotline, and as always, we'll have our staff picks at the end of the show. But first, let's get right into it. Uh, our first news segment, It a Dick, short for Is This Important? Do I Care? How, how it usually would work is we would all read news blurbs, uh, seg- uh, news headlines, and we'd all chime in with uh, whether we, not some- we thought something was important or whether or not we cared, but the Oscars happened. So that's all we're going to talk about right now in our first segment. What if we just all said, I don't care, and then it was just <laughs> silent. Oh, wow. It's awkward. And 15 minutes. <laughs> well, we talked for a minute on this show, uh, every time the Oscars were brought up, about how it's going to be a hot mess, it's going to crash and burn, we're looking forward to the hot mess. Uh, before the awards started, uh, I asked my girlfriend, I was like, is this show going to be bad? Or have we convinced ourselves so much that it's going to be a bad show that no matter what they do, Wait, we're going to look at it as a hot why? mess? Why, just because it didn't have a host? We thought it was going to be bad? That was a big oh, part of it. Well, there was the whole, like, we're going to we're gonna give out four awards during the commercials. That we're going to give a popular, popular film award. Like, all yep. these, like, these, but they what, didn't they, give a popular film award. They, no, they, no, they, they, they cut floated that out. these dumb ideas and then took them all back. And it's also, I mean, we should yeah. say that uh, Donna Giliotti, who is the one of the producers, she's also one of Harvey Weinstein's biggest enablers, apparently. Oh, great. So, I mean, everybody in that goddamn room was. <laughs> I mean, the, everybody she, was. She was his, uh, essentially his partner, though. Like, she, I think she knew more than anyone else did. You know, so a lot of people apparently were getting blamed, you know, like, oh. why didn't Meryl Streep say anything? But she was actually his partner and, you know, covered for him for I a I know why Meryl things. Streep didn't say anything. Why would you do it at the top of the castle? How, how fitting, then, that the uh, night's big winner was a film directed by Brian Singer. That's <laughs> what I'm fucking saying. Like, that was so... Not that he was ever mentioned from the stage, not even by John Ottman, who has been working with him his entire career. I'll be honest, I didn't see the movie. I, I just didn't. I mm. wasn't interested in seeing it. It just looked like teeth and wigs. It just, it's, I wasn't. It kind of, yeah. I was just like, look at this fucking wrong. It's teeth and wigs and a night at the opera. <laughs> and, and editing. A lot of editing. Oh, it's a, the, oh. the best editing of the year. Yeah, this. The, the yeah, the... What most someone editing. said is the most editing, yeah, the most <laughs> editing of the year. But I always think like the in terms of like him winning the the editing uh, award was interesting, you know, just because <laughs> you know, like I talked to my husband who's an editor, and you know, while we were watching it, we he didn't make it all the way through the movie, but he was like, man. What if it is the best editing? Because what if the footage was so bad right. that, that this is like him working overtime to get a salvageable film? And I was like, that could be. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's the story that's been been floating around since yeah. the awards is that it was more. 
he, yeah, he had he like two, put... two directors worth of stuff to go through and like it was this mishmash and that there's a movie at all is apparently he was just yeah. editing so. out uh, Brian Singer's penis for being in frame <laughs> yeah. like, he just kind of sneak it in kind of sneak it in that's not the boom mic sir did, did, uh, uh, like a little it. mermaid VHS tape cover <laughs> just kind of sneak it right in there baby nice <laughs> callback there is a dick on that <laughs> there's a lot of dicks a lot of dicks so many dicks it's all it's a castle of dicks <laughs> and I love it. Uh, but did we? So those are the reasons people thought it was going to be a hot mess. Did right. we think the show was a hot mess? No, no, not it, at all. It, it, it moved along in a nice clip. Um, Three hours and twenty-seven minutes of a nice clip. Yeah, you well, want that's... it to be like the Super Bowl. Sorry, I interrupted you. But no. yeah, you want it to be like the Super Bowl. It's a mm-hmm. Super Bowl of pretty dresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl of pretty bre- dresses, but also I think because there wasn't a host who brought in like their their specific writing team and what mm. they were going to do. And their bits that um, <laughs> you know, like there's the story with Melissa McCarthy and Brian Tyree Henry. When they came up to do their performance, people were like, oh, wow, that was really funny. And that was like a really good bit that they did. Mm. But the thing is, that it's not the bit that they were handed by the producers. They were like, actually, we want to do something different. And then they wrote something else because they they had already met on the set of their movie Super Intelligence. And so they wrote that and then they were able to pull the costumes together in time. And so each presenter kind of got to do their own personality as Mm -hmm. opposed to Bruce Valanche telling everybody what they were going to say. Exactly. Exactly. I will say immediately when you saw that bit, didn't you think, oh, wow, Melissa McCarthy should have hosted this? Yeah, but then I would not doom her to this fate. You yeah. know? No, the people said that she about, about you know, the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and, and Maya Rudolph, too. But it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I wouldn't want to saddle and them with Trevor that. Trevor Noah, too. He had, like, a, a nice little bit that he wrote for himself. Yeah, yeah and, and he apparently, like, said some, the, the phrase that he said in... And Josar. And Joe, yeah, it was actually, like, white people will believe anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Yeah. Uh, Got a no, little rip on Mel Gibson, too. I, yeah, I thought the, the show itself, I think, I think worked fine, like... Like, I didn't miss the, like, let's stop and show a bunch of clips from Westerns because we decided that's what we were going to do this year. Because you know? you're Billy Crystal? Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I was telling Casey before, like, the, 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 the Grammys never stop cold to explain to you what jazz is. Like, so hmm. I, don't, I don't know that we have to do so much with the history of cinema stuff when you have this whole last year that you're celebrating that you can, you can go in on. I, I, I admire the fact that the, that opening, like, montage reel had all these movies that didn't get nominated. For <laughs> like eighth grade and sorry to bother you and simple favor and you know love simon it was like oh okay well this Which, is uh, sorry to bother you how is that like that really made me that and hereditary and there were a few other things where i was like how the fuck is this not involved oh yeah. sure all? That's, yeah. a, that's a whole other eighth grade can, i don't care leave no trace leave no trace you were never really Support here. Support the girls. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of things where it was like, oh, there's so many Oscar. I felt like this year was Panic full of good Jones. movies. <laughs> but I think this is a, like if we can segue for a moment just uh-huh. to talk about the Indie Spirit Awards. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. because the Indie Spirit Awards were my alternate uh, Oscars. You know, and uh, and I, Aubrey Plaza struggled there, didn't she? It was. Uh, were you at the awards? Woof. No, I didn't go this year. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a, a you know, a Nick Kroll, uh, John Mulaney slam dunk, mm-hmm. um, but I don't wish hosting on most people. I really don't. I it's think a it's specific a really... set of skills. Well, I wish it, it on really people is. who are comedians, people who are actual <laughs> comedians who know how to host. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Why does anybody ask Aquafina to host anything? Like, it's so weird to me. 
And all she did at the Oscars was apologize for being up there presenting. I hated that. Yeah, that bit was Why not funny. Why the fuck funny. did she that apologize? She's fucking hilarious. Like, I don't understand that bit at With all. With her and John Mulaney. And yeah. then no, they, and I then don't they, get it. And then they insulted the award pretty much as it's not being like one of like the important awards. And it's like, there's people out there who are about to come up here <laughs> yeah. and their lives are about to be changed. I know. <laughs> you guys are calling them out and I like know demeaning that, their award. I know that she's I was really how, funny. And I, yeah. I, I wish that at least in, in some award show, they would have let her host something. Or she, had a or big she year. said no. Who knows? That's very true. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're right. Um, I, you know, somebody, I wish I remember who tweeted this, but I thought it was brilliant. They said, this year, the spirits are the Oscars and the Oscars are the Razzies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's yeah. Which is a bit sweeping. But yeah, the spirits, I think, got it right in a way that the Oscars did not. Uh, you know, I mean, the fact that Ethan Hawke not only was nominated, but won mm-hmm. for Best Actor when he was completely shut out of the of the Academy stuff. And, and then uh, if Bill Street could talk yeah in eighth grade eighth grade one i don't know my girl deborah got a standing ovation nice Mm -hmm. yeah no i I they 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 definitely i think got it better this year but i mean again the the spirit awards uh, having done that jury in the past i know that like you the people who pick the nominations have seen everything right and really have to like watch stuff and talk about it and it's a it's a hard fought battle to come down to those ones and then the 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 membership at large votes and you can almost always pick who's going to win because whatever got seen the most in general wins like i don't right. know i don't know i don't know what percentage of the membership actually makes the effort to watch everything mm-hmm. uh but the academy like it's so obvious from year to year that they they have such a limited range of stuff they look at like did you see that Gwyneth Paltrow interview where she didn't know oh, what the yeah. favorite was oh no She's oh, like, oh what is that that's like your movie like you that should be something she was so into totally but do you think the Oscars are more about money and then the independent spirit? Because independent spirit is like an insult that you say to someone who's poor. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, you've you, got you, such a good spirit. Such yeah. an independent ugly. spirit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I think it was Winter who said that somebody she knew like voted for something because that studio had just made a deal with her. You know, like, oh, so yeah. I'm sure there's so much of that kind of like clubby chumminess when it comes to Oscar voting. Whereas, like, the Spirit Awards, you know, the, the, the membership, you know, they aren't necessarily even filmmakers. Like, anybody can join, uh, you know, a, a film independent and become a voter if you're, like, a, a fan of, of indie films. So it's, I think, a, it's a much more democratic process. You but, hear that, Internet trolls? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the, the Academy is, 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 an, is an industry honoring itself. And so... You know, it is going to be a factor of like, do I want to vote for this Netflix movie for Best Picture, or do I feel like they're going to put me out of business? So mm. I'm going to vote for my studio or this studio where I want to work or right. something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. I would like to see the indie spirits surpass the Oscars in influence, though. I just wish that that could happen. But again, money, money. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> we yeah. don't have. It. We weren't spending two million dollars at the indie spirits for uh, the catered food and the behind the scenes <laughs> like they, they did from Wolfgang Puck for the Oscars. So <laughs> we literally spent two million dollars on macaroni and cheese that Barbara Streisand loved and baked potatoes. Oof, can we talk? <laughs> can we talk about Barbara's hat? It's great. What? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I like that she said that that was one of the things she had in common with Spike Lee. Oh, yeah, that was like, like, You know what? That almost justified how fucking ugly it was. <laughs> oh, you just inherited my internet trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I, I, I never knew Barbara Streisand was from Brooklyn. 
Yeah. That was like the big oh, shock yeah. to me. I was like, oh. what? That's a huge thing. But can we talk about how she requested to introduce Black Klansman yes. and not A Star is Born? Love it. Yeah, love it. What are your thoughts? I, I, oh, my all... God. I didn't even think about that like, connection. Oh, fuck. I, my, my thought was she does not like A Star is Born. Like, like she doesn't want to be associated. No, no, no. Not, no, not no, even she, to the extent she, that she doesn't want to be associated with it, but she probably watched that and went... Good for you. She has said no. She, I, I think. I think. I she's think that's you. what we all thought. I think she. She has said nice things about it, and it's sure, not like. Sure. It's not like a Star is Born belongs to her any more than it belongs to the current yeah. crew. Like, yeah. she yeah. was already like third or fourth in line on that one. So, you know. yeah, no, no, for sure. I, I just. She seems like she seems more. It's, akin to being like now that I know she's from Brooklyn, like it just made sense to me. Like, oh yeah, of course she's gonna want to come out. I so like somebody said somebody's got to write a play about Streisand and Spike Lee having lunch. <laughs> like that just that, that just seems that's everything. The fact that yeah, she as soon as she said Brooklyn and and the, the, that fucking quiet ass. I think the just way so she timid. said it too, because she said <laughs> Brooklyn the same way that Spike Lee. Yeah, said, she leaned into Aw. it. Yeah, and just Spike giving out that oh oh, that's like. <laughs> That's why I'm watching he Oscars. He stood up. It yeah. was so cute. Yes, that's exactly. I mean, his outfit was great. In, in, yes. the, in the same way that that, that that you're saying that that the Independent Spirit Awards get it right. That's that's what the Oscar needs to do more of. It needs to be more of people going up there and being like, "Yo, don't turn that motherfucking counter on. I got shit to say. It's <laughs> yeah. been a minute." But but what, you, but what you were saying as far as like the people, you know, like the the the, the those moments. Yeah, the, the, those that are the happened. moments that it needs like, to absolutely. Yeah, like like even though I've heard very mixed response to skin winning live action short which i've not seen but that moment where they just were so excited and like such big wide smiles oh, was and that jumping the redheaded around. musical theater student who made a movie was that when uh, she went up there no, no i think that was the that was the doc short the period okay of the sentence. i loved I don't her even remember that <laughs> one. Was, it was it was the it was the red-haired lady and the israeli guy she definitely looked like she was like. Oh, I do remember her. And okay. they were just yes. like they yeah. were yeah. they were beaming. Yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. thought this is why you don't give out live action short during the commercial. Isn't she? Isn't the woman in the Magicians? Isn't she an that actor? redheaded? Yeah, isn't she, she looks an actor like an actress. In the oh, maybe. I mean, she I was she was she very glam. Be. She had like somebody said, "Is that Jessica Chastain?" Um, <laughs> no, no. I was yeah. looking here and I was like, she was definitely going for being an actress first, and then this was like the next the plan B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she's, and she's like, in the Magicians. As She's somebody who's in the middle stars. of her plan B <laughs> in my life, I'm like, I see you, sister. There you are. But the woman who shouted out her period. Loved it. Very happy. Loved it. Hilarious. I kind of wanted happy. her to walk across the stage in a red streak just to like follow <laughs> to her dress. <laughs> or just like a, you know? like a red ribbon sash that she oh. like, that just... <laughs> Yeah, I, like I still wonder to what dress. menstrual yeah. equality means. Like... I got the impression people weren't understood, had no idea what the movie was about. I feel like when she first came out there and said that, they thought it was a bad joke, and it was just no. very kind of like, oh, what's had, going on? I oh, had the movie's seen about previews periods. for it, but I did not watch it. But now I am going to watch. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We on have Netflix. to talk about Green Book. No, we no. don't. <laughs> don't we? I talked so Wait, much I about. We had to uh, talk about Kevin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. Yes. Uh, I, I just because I remember Ricky specifically saying over the course of us this have this awards he's like there's not people still in the academy who are going to fall for a movie like that yeah. right and I was like I hope not but there could be and my girlfriend, there are my girlfriend reminded me that I jokingly said after when we walked out of the theater that I said well there's the best picture of 2018 but I was like <laughs> I said that I said that 
I was I wasn't I wasn't serious, right? She's like, no, you weren't. But lo and behold. Uh, look, I, I may or may not have been speaking to some people in their 60s who may or may not have the same last name as me who were charmed by the film. Well, of so, course. Yeah, that's you're supposed to like that movie. Uh, yeah, well, and I guess there's <laughs> plenty of that kind of folks in the Academy. Yep. I, 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 we've seen this before. I think that some of the younger voters get split on what they like. Mm-hmm. That divides the vote. Gives those boomers a chance to come back. All right, we are going to take a break, y'all. When we come back, we are going to talk about high flying birds. Ward, we'll be right back after we hear from another one of our Max Fun Pat podcasts. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we're the hosts of Dr. Game Show, which is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners, regardless of quality or content, with in-studio guests and callers from all over the world. And you can win a custom a magnet. A custom magnet. Subscribe now to make sure you get our next episode. What's an example of a game, Manolo? Pokemon or medication. How do you play that? You have to guess if something's a Pokemon name or a Medi- medication. medication. First-time listener, if you want to listen to episode highlights and also know know how to participate follow dr game show on facebook instagram and twitter we'd love to hear yeah, from you it's really fun for the whole family we'll be every other wednesday starting march 13th and we're coming to max fun snorlax pokemon yes nice Welcome back to Who Shall Ya? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. With me in the studio are... April Wolf, Emily Fleming. Alonzo Duralde. Today we are talking about High Flying Bird. High Flying Bird is a new movie directed by Steven Soderbergh. It's on Netflix. It stars Andre Holland as a sports agent who has a plan to uh, end the NBA lockout. And he uses his, uh, his, uh, his client, who is the first round draft pick uh, in the NBA draft in 2000 and 2019. Uh, it also starts. It also stars my man Bill Duke. How great it oh, was to see so Bill Duke again back in the building. I yo. just need to hear his voice, right? Yeah. Right, well, you that just, was amazing. You just saw him in Mandy. It's not like he's been gone for years. Yeah, I, I, know, I can never have enough Bill Duke. Well, that's, I can that never have thing, enough Bill Duke. Sure. Uh, it also stars uh, Zazie Beetz, Sonia Sohn. Great to see her again. Mm. Uh, Zachary Quinto, Kyle McLaughlin. Uh, and I don't. What was the my man who was playing basketball? Uh, Melvin, Melvin, Gregg. Melvin Gregg. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, what did we think of uh, High Flying Bird? It's it's. We're told this is a. <laughs> we're told this is a sports movie, and that there is <laughs> funny. Uh, but there is there isn't sports in this movie. There's me. There's a game of basketball that we kind of see, and then uh, we see kids uh, practicing. But we don't really see a lot of basketball in this movie about basketball. But I would argue that there still is kind of a sport that is happening, and it's the sport of being a being an agent, watching Andre Highland, Holland do all these deals, wheeling, dealing, wheeling and dealing. I mean, it's a sports movie the way Moneyball is a sports movie. It's, yes. Yeah, you it know, is a of... huge metaphor for Hollywood. The whole is that what you got out of it? Yes. Wow. Okay. I mean, the, all they talked about was, I mean, right now we're going through, the WGA is going through negotiations with agents, and um, I mean, Hollywood is going through a transition of not paying its talent very much, not giving uh, people residuals the way they should, and uh, everybody's taking money from talent and not really supporting them or looking out for their best interests. The whole thing just felt like uh, my past year I'm just like uh, watching it. It stressed me the fuck out. I was like, like watching it just going, (sighs) it just made me so stressed the whole time. Like the first scene where he's 
his card is declined, and then he's got he's got like uh, he's got to go figure yeah. out what to do. And I'm like, that's been so many days, <laughs> so yeah. many I mean, days. Like it was crazy. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's a metaphor as much as it's like parallel. Like I it think is it's the same stuff is happening in all. You could have put industries. just uh, actors in there; it would have been the same movie. <laughs> yeah. but, I don't, I just, although I'd love to see an actor duel set up. That would be great. Like in the way that they're going to have like the the basketball. Yeah, they just do <laughs> Hamlet. Ones. They just do Hamlet at each other. <laughs> but I mean, but. But to that to that end, though, I think the, the, this movie posits the idea of like we have social media, we have all these tools that we can do this stuff for ourselves. And I think for a lot of actors and writers, it's kind of the same thing in terms yeah, of like. Yeah, but then if you're not a part of an association, you're never going to get the same benefits or the same. It's like you're always being held hostage sure. by the old ways and the new ways. So there's and all the young people or the people coming into the business are stuck in between being fucked in the asshole. Mm. And that's just essentially what Hollywood is right now. Sure, yeah. And it's kind of what the here. movie felt like uh, when I was watching it. And it made me very sad <laughs> while I was watching it. But the tension that you're talking about, I think, is really real. Just, like, not even just in the content, but in the, the feeling of almost claustrophobia sometimes. Yes. And the way that he shoots, sometimes he'll shoot, um, and, you know, he's using an iPhone, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll shoot uh, downwards at them, you know, so it almost has a god-eye effect at some point. And, mm-hmm. and it's, he can just get really close with a lot of things. And, and it just, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's claustrophobic. And you've got, like, a little bit of, like, a fisheye effect on some of that, yeah. The one that the scene that to me felt like that the most was the scene where um, our protagonist is, pardon me for not knowing his name, he was also in that Andre amazing Stephen King series that came out. This uh, Castle Rock. Castle oh, yeah. he's, he's so great. good. Um, but he was when he was giving a, the speech to the kids and he was like in the gym and he was and uh, the camera like sweeps around to reveal the kids of what he's looking at. And it looks really grandiose. Mm-hmm. And then you get back up into what the kids are looking at and he looks sweaty and nervous <laughs> and it's like here's what they see you as and here's what he sees himself as yeah. in front of these kids and it just is like oh god I hate self-awareness it's so <laughs> so uncomfortable boo who needs yeah, it it was constant self-awareness and like how every party is always just as nervous as you are it mm-hmm. always felt like every single person in every single scene had something to lose and always like kind of felt uncomfortable with their own skin. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I took away from sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you have a do you have any connection to sports at all? I did. I played volleyball um, year round all throughout my uh, like adolescence and teen years. I was supposed to play in college, but thank God I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I just was watching this and thinking about how this kid is stressing out about money and. He has a dream, and then he's got to go work out like a just a beast all the time to maintain his body. I was so glad to not have to do that anymore. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that is such a nightmare of a profession to me to just like have to constantly, I, I don't know, be uncomfortable physically and strain yourself in yeah. order to make money, mm-hmm. and then also the pressure of um, just your mental pressure and, and everything. Well, on he's top also of a it. kid. He is, but it, still, that's a lot. I, don't I know, know, I know. Like yeah. I'm saying that, like as a kid, like it's a really interesting thing having the mother there as one of the um, oh that chick, you know, oh, the manager oh. of, of, of a player, oh. and seeing that kind of close relationship because which, you know that happens. We've got like like Lonzo Ball or something. I'm thinking about like him and the way that he's like so involved in his kids' lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, 
And yeah, the, it's a very kind of close family structure and these kids are reared into this. So it's kind of a, a weird, scary thing. It was, yeah. so, it was so weird. I saw this movie the same night that I saw uh, What Men Want, <laughs> which uh, where, where- Is that uh, out? That's out. And Taraji P. <laughs> Henson right. plays a sports agent. And in fact, Carl Anthony Towns is in both films. Um, and uh, like th- What Men Want is such the cartoon version of what sports agent- world looks like and then this then to then go from that silly thing to this movie like oh okay this is we're back on earth now <laughs> like I, 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 I recognize human beings here yeah um but i give zero shits about sports like it's not a a a, a world that i'm interested in in the slightest what about jerry Maguire? Well, but but I but I love sports movies okay. though because okay. because you get all the good stuff in ninety minutes and then you're done, mm-hmm. uh, which never happens in a baseball game. But um, hey, don't talk shit about baseball. <laughs> I'm just saying you don't get my hype will come for you. You don't get ninety concentrated <laughs> minutes of entertainment the way you do in a in a baseball movie. Anyway, what I'm saying is that I, I was completely sucked into this and I, I thought it was I just watching it a couple of times now. Uh, I I just think it's so funny and so smart about uh, just. I mean, you do have to kind of assume that the Andre Holland character is sort of like verbal kinting everybody. Like he's so, so many steps ahead of everybody else on the chessboard and mm-hmm. you just have to kind of go with that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but no, I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's written by Terrell Alvin McRaney who wrote uh, Moonlight. Moonlight. Yep. And I just, you know, such great dialogue and such great like two person, three person scenes and the stuff that isn't said and the, the, the whole kind of backstory about the cousin that was how, you know, Andre Holland's character got into the business in the first place. Just, I just love it. I mean, like every time Bill Duke says, I love the Lord and all his black people, I just thought it was great. Oh, that moment. There's a moment where they're in the office. With and, Sonia Son. Oh, I'd love to talk about this. Uh, she's and yeah, the uh, what's her the actress's name? Sonia Stone. She's uh, fabulous. Yeah. She's I've amazing, never wonderful. seen her in anything else. Oh, she's she on the, the wire. wire. There Jinx. it is. Okay, <laughs> never mind. I have so, but she's amazing. Alonzo, could you tell us what happens in the scene between Bill Duke, Sonia Stone, uh, Andre Holland, and his crew when they show up there? Sure. So they're basically talking to the players' rep, at the for, you know, for the NBA players, is played by Sonia Stone, about the fact that this one-on-one game has gone viral and whether or not it's a violation of his of of. The, the kids contract with the NBA, you know, which he technically hasn't started yet because of the lockout happening. And in having the conversation, uh, she uses the, the phrase, uh, I think it's neutral ground, mm-hmm. which is actually a term from the slave trade. And that's when they all invoke the rule that happens at the basketball court, which is that when anybody brings up slavery, they have to repeat the mantra, <laughs> I love the Lord and all his black people. I, I don't even know how to describe that moment, but, but that the it's an. O- I think the the definition for me of an awkward moment is when nobody's right, and nobody's wrong, yeah. and everybody <laughs> goes home just different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was just like I, part of me was like, "It's her fucking office." Like yeah, exactly. part of me was like that, and then I was like, "Yeah, but you can be authentic and have standards and have integrity no matter where you are." Yes. So even though it is her office, it's like. He's got he's got every right to have integrity <laughs> wherever he goes. But I was still pissed for her a little bit. It felt like she's kind of I don't know. I was I was on everybody's her side. looking at her like what are you gonna do like kind of thing. I'm just over made me kind of pissed yes. for. Her. I was like, there's this powerful woman right here who's in the end. It's having to even though it's for a good reason, having to like bow down to a bunch of men. And I, was I think still she's like, also oh. a lesbian character. Yeah, too. Yes. Yes. yeah, she was. Yeah, yes. yeah they're clear about that. Yeah, I've I've 
those were the kind of things in the movie that I was like very excited about. The this uh, uh, the cousin of Andre Howland who uh, we get the idea that he killed himself. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 because he was there. The, he was closeted. He's closeted, yes. And and and, te- and basically, Andre Holland had pushed him to be that for his career. Yeah, that kind of new element mm. in in a sports movie, uh, the idea of this of Sonia Son, uh, her, her her just having a wife. Yeah. Uh, th- th- those those kind of new moments, the, the idea of what how social media will affect the league now, how that is kind of what mm-hmm. gets. The the, the 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 lockout to end is how they're seeing just like these numbers uh, that these players can cause on their own. Uh, that was very interesting to me, but it's it felt like this was another basketball movie where they're telling us again that the NBA owners are bad, and it's like I I just felt like he was it was trying very hard with the script with withholding information and Andre Holland kind of. To, you know, a couple of steps ahead of everybody in a very like Danny Ocean, Steve Soderbergh, Jack Foley kind of way of like oh, yeah. we don't know what's going on. There was times where I was like, just stop being so clever and just tell me the story. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 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 ready to take all of this in. And then when the story you're telling me is that the owners are shady people, oh yeah. I mean, I I saw Hoop Dreams. Like but, I saw I saw yeah, he got I... I saw he got game. These are all things where like. That's that's the that's un, that's the unfortunate nature of the beast of that of, of of owners and athletes is that they have they will always have the upper hand on them until athletes can start their own league and you know prosper on but their like own. Like he right. said, it, it was only a matter of time before that just goes in totally. the other direction yeah. anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But no, I, and absolutely. I, and I think that's where all the but, slave metaphor discussion comes from in terms of like. You know, you you have rich white guys who run these teams. You have black talent that's being exploited, and so you know that I, I don't know. I, I liked that it. it brought all that stuff up, and I, maybe I haven't seen as many of these movies. So I'm not as sick of the discussion. But for me, this all this felt like. I, I mean, I love the fact that this is sort of stealthily all a commercial for a book. You know, is this, it, is, is this it, is really all. I can't wait to talk about that because I was so confused. It's kind of a, it's kind of a long ad for oh, this the, book oh, called the, 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 the Revolt book, of, yes, the, yes. of the Black Athlete. You know, and and so which clearly inspired it, and the author is the guy who's in his office at mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Um, you know, so but I, I don't know. I, I just I thought that that was these were exciting conversations to hear, and I really had not heard them that much before. I mean, yeah, I saw Hoop Dreams too, and that's more that that's more about. Uh, uh, that's kind of like at the factory level, and this is what's so, happening in the executive yeah. suite. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. It, it was it, it was exciting to see like Hoop Dreams is yeah, like, at the factory level. Uh, he got game is at the college level, so I mean, I guess they're they've they've been promoted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now in the NBA, it's like, oh yeah, you have your own office, but you still have to do exactly what the boss upstairs says. Right, right. And, and Space Jam is a documentary. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was a biopic. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think it falls into both categories. The ah. most hard-hitting basketball movie ever made. Yes. <laughs> That's where the truth is. But, you know, to go back to your point about like, the Danny Oceans thing, like when I was watching it, I was just like, yes, thank you for making this entertaining to me uh, in a sense, you know, because I like the kind of breezy Oceans 11 vibe that they gave to everything where they mm. do the withholding just because I mean can something be breezy and tense at the same time because that's the mm. way that mm. the whole screenplay went for me and I don't often like when um, playwrights become uh, 
film screenwriters. They're great at TV. Very good at that. But I don't always like that kind of... Um, Aaron uh, sorkin yeah, it's, it's a Yeah, it doesn't always work. But the thing is with, like, McCraney... He's really good. I mean, like yeah. he showed obviously what he could do um, uh, with Moonlight, and you know, adapting that work, and then this movie is just like, yeah, you can you can hold good dialogue. You know, it's because some like what they teach you in playwriting is definitely good dialogue, but then you just only rely on good dialogue, and you don't put anything fucking else in your movie. <laughs> but this is, I mean, it's fun. It's and, it's good, and, and the breeziness I think keeps it from being didactic. So yeah. like, you can watch this movie and have a good time watching it, and then later be like, oh, okay, I actually am now thinking about professional athletics in a way that I hadn't before. Spoonful of sugar. It, it totally, yeah. <laughs> but getting back to what you were also saying about the that he shot it on an iPhone, I watched it again today on the plane, on my Netflix app. <laughs> and at first... And, and, Alonso's wearing a Netflix jacket, by I the way. Know, I should also mention that. Thank you. Uh, but when I, and when I started... Do you have a collar I, with a flashing I, light? <laughs> What's going on? It's got my cue down the back. Yeah, you got tagged. Um, <laughs> tagged and released into the wild. I, thought, I just thought it was... I, I thought for, for a hot second, oh, I can't believe I'm about to watch a movie on a phone. I was like, oh, no, wait, they shot it on a phone. It's fine. I'm allowed. I love that he was able... Steven Soderbergh was still able to keep a lot of like the visual cues that he has in his movies I, I i love the scene where they're in the bar and everything's very gold mm-hmm. uh made you fi- feel drunk too and you were watching I, it i felt like i was right inside that glass of cherries is oh. what it felt like. <laughs> i didn't think she was drunk until he said it and then i looked at the shot and i was like oh yeah we're all drunk <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a fun feeling and whoever said fish eye like that when he, had, when yeah. he can't afford the cab and he has to like walk that that whole scene this, yeah you know, yeah, there was a lot of uh, very similar to like traffic, uh, a lot of like just jumping in between like these harsh blues and like mm. really rich golds. I mean, I, I still love... better color than traffic, I would say. Though, well, traffic is intentionally color coded. Yeah, I know, I know, and I just don't. I don't. Well, like it was fun. Like, did anybody see like Unsane? Like the I've not seen Unsane. Which was also really fun on, iPhone, right? on an iPhone, and yeah. so that and made sense because it's kind of a surveillance movie too. Well, so that was like a yeah. I, I liked how, but that I worked. also think this the the iPhone, the style he's got going, which is very. It's there's a lot of fisheye stuff going mm-hmm. on, and it all just feels very uncomfortable like there's just the unsane thing did make you question your own um it made you think about am i seeing what i think i'm seeing is she (laughs) like you know not in the right mind or should i trust her i don't know who to trust in this and this i didn't know who the fucking trust in this movie for the most part like i was on it's very vague you mean you really kind of don't know what's going on i did not think he was in control the whole time (laughs) right totally at all like at all um (laughs) and it was fun it kind of kept you uh, like looking on every side and Figuring out who who do I actually trust? Is this going to go south? I thought it was going to go south. Really? Yeah. I. It, Why does what movie has a happy ending anymore? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I I felt like it didn't it it didn't have a happy ending. We got back to where we were in the beginning, except not. I mean, I guess it a had happy a back on a, track. Exactly. Ending. Yes. Yes. Very much so. I'm sure things will get really fucking stressful again very soon. Yeah. Once for the, our once characters. Some negotiations come up again. Absolutely. Yeah. Once Someone's going to break an ankle. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that Steven Soderbergh, who I've admired, even if I haven't loved everything that he's made, just you know, sex lies, videotape, like experimenting with form. 
mm-hmm. and and how it relates to a theme. And he's just going to keep doing that. And I just appreciate that he's kind of throwing it at the wall and seeing what works. He's kind of our Godard in terms of like he gets older, but he's not. He likes to still play with the toys. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean, because, yeah, Sex, Lies, and Video Tape was 30 years ago. And yeah. he's still like. Oh, iPhones? Okay, cool. I'll do that. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He seems more modern than most. Yeah. I don't and, know. You know. And he 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 was the DP. He was the editor. He's also on Netflix and instead I, of in a theater. So I, he's, yeah, he's, and he'll do both. And he'll do theatrical releases, but he'll also do Netflix. So he's just kind of playing the field. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, you know? Just like in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where they're talking about how he's like, I have a deal with Hulu. I have, I'm talking. T- they were even having a yeah. meta moment where they were like, I'm in talks with Netflix right now. And I'm like, we know. We're watching <laughs> it on Netflix. Netflix yeah. is doing it a <laughs> lot of that. Like, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a movie where they watch another Netflix movie. There's a, there, I've seen Netflix movies where they watch Stranger Things. The kid from Stranger Things is in this movie. That's right. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's the boy who's on the on the court. Get uh, out! I didn't him. know that. Yeah, oh, that boy has he has sprouted. Oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> but like you know, even in uh, in uh, 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 not Balderdash. What's it? You know the the Bumbershoot. Bubble? What's the oh, no uh, the, the Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Thank you. Wow. That, that has a whole like meta super meta thing where like the characters in the movie realize they're being that you're watching them on Netflix. Like that's one of the Oh is that right? That's one of the alleyways you can go that down. Yet. I haven't I watched that yet. I want to. I want to. Yeah. Oh no, like, I'm not gonna give them my algorithm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing if you go if you, you can't go, get Black Mirror your if, algorithm. If, if you do it a couple of times and you make different choices then they don't know what one to pin on. Sure. Well and you tell yourself that. <laughs> much like what's the movie that um our boy that we're talking about right now Soderberg? did uh the he he had a show Show was Sharon Stone that also had oh, right. Mosaic. Oh, that's right, Mosaic. Mosaic. That whole Mosaic. watch it out of order thing, which yeah. came out before Bandersnatch. So true, it's like he's true, constantly true. reinventing the wheel with stuff, and people, I don't think people notice. Yeah. I think it's yeah. just kind of yeah. kind of good for him because it's like he flies under the I, radar. I said, yeah. 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 No he's not a high flying bird; he's a low flying bird. And I hope that's the, I hope that's a good way to end Boom. this. Uh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> wow, how you end it. Wow, very exactly nice. I'll leave it there. So April, actually, I'll start with you, Alonzo. Which we tell the people here should they stream actually we only got two choices here <laughs> I know <laughs> you can stream it or skip it that's it yeah pretty much yeah stream it stream it on your iPhone it's fine there but yeah you should totally watch this movie even if you think uh, sports don't care no it's yeah. really entertaining really well acted you'll you should check it out absolutely I agree hundred percent I don't know I don't I'm I'm I can watch sports and stuff and at first when I was watching it I did not think I was gonna get into it. And as we got deeper, it was just you can't you can't stop watching it. It's mm. it's very the characters are great, um, the dialogue's great, the message is great. I think all of it's good. Stream it, stream <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm gonna say skip this one, y'all. <gasps> yeah, I, I knew he was gonna come out with a wild card because he was trying to be like, you know, I don't like it as much as you guys do. Yeah, yeah. I was I was, I was you know I. I, okay. I was I was bored. I watched it twice. Yeah. The Friday I had to watch it again because I was just like I'm. I know that he got what he wanted in this movie. Okay. Oh, but you, I still don't know exactly what how did, he went about to do it. Yeah. Well, can I ask you? Okay. Yeah. So I'm not familiar with the book that he opened. I guess that is a uh, real I, book yeah, by a real person. Um, I thought that he wrote a book about his him 
like doing this whole deal mm. and already <laughs> had it like published and at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he had it published at the beginning of the movie, and he was like, "You'll know when to open it." And he opens it, and he's like, "I'm in a book." And then he just like kind of. <laughs> that's what I thought it was. That I was, was talking to my guy about it. <laughs> yeah, better such. And then I was talking to my guy about it, and he goes, "No, that's not what the fuck it was." And I was like, "I was like, well, wouldn't that have been cool?" And he's like, "Who?" Gets a book off the presses <laughs> with stuff that you haven't done. I'm like, well, I don't fucking know. It's Netflix. <laughs> Do whatever you want. <laughs> it's like, I thought that was strange as well. We keep waiting for him to open the book, and he doesn't. She does. Yeah. I was like, well, what's what's going on here? I was waiting for the moment. I wanted the moment where he well, opens it up and goes, Well, because it's not plausible okay. that an athlete can read. <laughs> Oh, no. You've got to have a woman reading it and uh, then go, you should read this, sweetheart. Forward all Twitters to <laughs> our guest. Oh, that's great. Oh, that is great. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will be taking a call from the Who Shot Line. Hey, it's Janet Varney of the JV Club podcast, and I am so excited to be joining Maximum Fun. If you're not yet familiar with the JV Club, it's a podcast with me and some of my favorite women, and in the summer, men, as we explore the highs and lows of our terrible teenage years into what I like to call our adult lessons. For example, hear Emily Heller describe her time on the national circuit for the debate team, or how Travis McElroy took over his drama class and gave his fellow students notes. Yeah, that went over great. Or let Busy Phillips tell you how she met Sharon Stone at an Arizona toy fair. You can join me and all my once awkward, sometimes still awkward friends every Thursday by subscribing to the JV Club on MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. With me in the studio are... Alonzo Duralding. Emily Fleming. April Wolf. And it is time for us, uh, how about we take another call from the Who Shot line, y'all? We have a call from Tia this week. Let's see what she has to say. Hi, my name is Tia. I've been a lifelong fan of movies since my parents made the inappropriate decision to show me Harold and Maude when I was 10. I love movies because of the world-building aspect, and for that reason, I want to know if you could live in any cinematic universe, which would it be? Whether you are living the life of the main character or just a passerby, that can be your choice. Which movie would you live in and why? Love the show. Bye. That's a good question. Ooh. Wow. I mean, when I, hear, when I hear questions like this, my immediate thought is like, well, we're where no no consequences. That's what that's what I want. I want to be able to like live freely and not have to worry about anything. Well, then just pick a a white movie. <laughs> that's that's true. But you know, there's Black Panther out there. You know, there's there's consequences there, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to fucking hang out with white people for the rest of my life. What are you What are you telling me? What are you just saying? There's no consequences. What are you saying to me? Come on I, I'm now. sure if you work at the Wakanda Welcome Center, you know there's probably not a oh, lot of stuff blowing <laughs> up. You know, I mean, I'd go to, the, I'd go, I'd go live in Roma. You know, it's, I'd, I want to live with some brown people. Yeah, cleaning. That's up not dog my final shit. answer. That's not my final answer. I'm just saying, I'm, right. I am not going right. to go live with white people. I was like, cause there's like a lot of violence in that movie. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure, for sure, for there's sure. There's also sure. just constant dog shit cleanup. Yeah, there, there is that. Pretty you nice. Know, you gotta pick, you have, do, do you have, have a dog? A, you know, you don't have a no, dog. No, I don't have a dog. <laughs> 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 uh, who's April? Do you have an answer? Uh, no, for Tia? I mean, like, my immediate thought was like some kind of Cary Grant movie. Mm. Um, 
Like some, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like some the of my favorites. Philadelphia story or something. North by Actually, Northwest. I mean, I would probably want to live in like a Stanley Dunn in musical. If I'm oh, really being honest right. with myself, <laughs> like speaking of him and having him having passed All recently. Right, oh man. Like I, I would totally live in one of his. I would, I would live in Singing in the Rain. I would, <laughs> I would live there. I was say, be careful. You may not want to live in. It's always fair weather. <laughs> <laughs> Or the royal wedding, or whatever else. Oh, he had, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, mm. uh, my I've I've been asked this before, and one of my go tos is always I either want to live at the beginning or the end of Fanny and Alexander. Okay. So either the like sumptuous like Christmas celebration or the everyone uh, at the summer house wearing nice linen suits. Not the scary part in the middle with the horrible abusive uh, you know minister who marries the mother after she's widowed. But <laughs> before that or after that, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I can't. I mean the. I know that there's a better answer than this one, but mm. the first thing I thought was Empire Records. Okay. Ooh, All right. Yeah, I'm just well because it makes me think about when I was like in my 20s and worked in a store and everyone I was like close with everyone in that store and we were all having fun and it, I don't know it was just uh, a really fun time and everybody some people were musicians and some people were artists and it was just like uh, I don't know they and my tits were in a different place. <laughs> were they on your back? What's going on? <laughs> yes, they were on my back. <laughs> So high they were on That's your That's a part back. of the movie I don't remember <laughs> at all. Although, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, so I, I think about that, and I, that movie was always something as a kid. I, I, like, I was like, I want to be like a cool kid who works at a record store kind of thing. I don't know. I, that's yeah. the first thought I had. Every other movie I like is in a time where people lived in filth. Okay. Like right. Princess Bride and stuff. I don't want to be a woman in that. No, no, that's tough. That's rough. There's only one woman or two women in that movie. It's Carol <laughs> Kane and, and Robin Wright Penn. I might live in a hammer horror world. Ooh. I could see oh, that. Okay. Sure. Because right. I just, you know, it's not necessarily like scary, but it's just like, woo. I yeah. can see you with you like. hang out with Christopher Lee. Negligees and heavy eyeliners. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like to live in the beginning of Summer of Sam when they walk into the club. Oh, right, right. And they're right. just dancing and spinning each other. I was like, oh, I, I just want to do that. I don't want to be at the end i don't want to want i don't want when the summer sam coach walking around i don't want none of that at all okay pre-summer of sam pre-summer of sam spring of sam is what i'm talking about i'm so refreshed that no one said avatar no white people, all blue people. <laughs> all blue people. Yeah. But it, ugh. I, mean, I just remember when it came out, that's what people were just obsessed with wanting to be. That They were like, I just want to live there. I want to be there oh, and right, stuff. And yeah. I'm like, there was some really poisonous shit in that movie. There's like <laughs> animals that would eat you and all kinds of shit. And the you... only font is papyrus. <laughs> like design would be terrible. And the only fucking is rat tail connection. Exactly. <laughs> I'd rather live in the last days of disco. <laughs> or Xanadu. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I could do that. Disco and roller skates, y'all. Yeah, well, man. Tia, I hope we answered your question there. I hope you I hope you got what uh, what you wanted to hear. Thank you to everybody who always calls and calls every week. Please keep calling in with your questions. You can call us at WSY 803-1664. Remember, if you call, just like Tia did, keep your, keep your question under a minute so we can play it under the air. 
All right, it's time for our staff picks, y'all. Every week we give people recommendations on what we think y'all should watch, whether it's in the theater or streaming, what have you. Uh, April, I'll start with you. What do you have for people? Oh, I've got a good one. Okay. Because okay. it's, um, it's playing at the new Bev soon, and, it's, um, and I've talked about this extensively before, but I think people should be checking out um, uh, Slumber Party Massacre. <laughs> uh, which I don't think I've recommended yet, but it's uh, I think that there's a 16 millimeter playing at New Bev, mm. and it's great. It's written and directed by women, and it was one of the first kind of um, parodies, I would say, like a feminist parody of the slasher genre. And, and it kind of plays to, you know, entertaining in a slasher way while also kind of self-critiquing as it's doing it. And it's just a lot of fun and so weird. And you've definitely seen the covers at video stores if you're around at video stores because it's always like Slumber Party Massacre 2 is the one with the guitar that has like a, yeah. like a drill looking thing. <laughs> and then the first one is the one where like... A dude standing over like three scared ladies, and he's got like a long drill, like body double esque drill, like between his <laughs> between his legs, and um, you know they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Written by legendary lesbian novelist mm-hmm. Rita Mae Brown. Yeah, and yeah, she firecracker, <laughs> firecracker. That's what's up, yo. Alonzo, what do you got for people? Uh, it's a movie that I just saw at the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. It's already uh, open in L.A. and New York and some other cities, and it's opening in Atlanta this week and kind of making its way around the country. It's called To Dust. It is the uh, directorial debut of Sean Snyder, and it is about a devout uh, Hasidic cantor played by Geza Rorig from um, Son of Saul. And his wife dies, and after going through the sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know, sitting shiva and the sort of requisite Jewish mourning period, he is still obsessed with the loss, but mainly with the actual physical reality of what's happening to her body that has been buried. And so he goes to this local community college looking for a scientist to help him out, and he winds up with Matthew Broderick, uh, <laughs> who is this sort of like, you know... It's not quite the teacher he played in election, but he's you know not the not the not the most not the not the the greatest teacher in the world. But anyway, the two of them start this very odd relationship and sort of help each other through stuff. And it's uh it's it's funny and it's morbid and it's moving and it's just really wonderfully acted and and uh really it's a, just a little, kind of little movie that sneaks up on you. So go look for to dust. That's what's up, yo. Emily, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to be very basic. Okay. I feel like everybody's watched this. It's abducted in plain sight on Netflix. <laughs> oh. Woo! Everybody seen that? I've been hearing about it. I, I watched, watched the first it. 40, uh, like half hour of it so far. Yeah, it's weird. You get to the like first 45 minutes, you're like, oh shit, there's a second act. <laughs> <laughs> How? But wait, there's more. How is there yes. a second act? <laughs> and it's so fascinating to watch. Um, I think it's a good example of... I think a lot of people think when somebody stays in an abusive relationship or when somebody is in a difficult situation, why do they stay? Why, well, you know, and I think this movie is uh, an, a good insight into how easy it is to be too trusting or to see the good in other people. Like, these people are good people. And, and then you just start thinking because they see the good in other people, they're careless or they're like you know negligent, and it's it's you know there's there's a lot of arguments to be made on both sides, and there's a patriarchy too. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, there is. But there's, I mean, there's just a. It's very interesting to look back at you know when 
a time when, you know, probably my parents were becoming of age and adults and, and to think of who they are now and think of how they think about stranger danger. And I just, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff that it doesn't make sense to us, but thinking about it in the time period and how it all played out, I don't know. I just, I found, I found it very fascinating and I, I found them to be a little sympathetic, but it is frustrating yeah. to watch. You get very angry <laughs> when you're watching it, but it, I don't know, it, it causes a lot of mixed feelings and there's been a lot of comedians with hilarious Twitter opinions about it. <laughs> but um, I, I found it to be heartbreaking and also frustrating. And I don't know. I thought it was a, a must-see. Word. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's streaming on Netflix it's on right Netflix, now. on Netflix, yeah. in plain sight. And Casey's going to make sure that I say that Sky Borgman, the director, was on Switchblade Sisters talking about the lure. So you can also listen to Sky Borgman, <laughs> director of Abducted in Plain Sight on Switchblade. All right. Oh, cross promo, yo. Cross promo, yo. <laughs> Uh, I am also recommending a documentary this week. It's called The Perfect Bitter. Uh, you can watch it on Hulu. It's about this guy who loves The Price is Right. Loved The Price is Right <laughs> so much, he memorized all the prices on The Price is Right. Holy Ooh. shit. He created the game on his computer uh, and would play The Price is Right by himself. He didn't cheat. He just memorized the prices and was able to just know what they would be uh, as the items came up. Starts going to the prices, right? Starts yelling out the prices to the people on the uh, on, on the panel. They start winning to the point where producers start realizing, like, motherfuckers are getting this shit to the penny. That is strange. Uh, and then things happen. It gets even more interesting after Ooh. that. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds it's, good. Uh, it's a really great documentary. Uh, he would have been bitter. very helpful uh, in Tennessee in 2003 during the SATs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very jealous. Uh, and it's on and it's on uh, it's on Hulu, y'all. The perfect bid. I'm sorry, the perfect bid. Word. Next week we're going to be talking about Greta, and our special guest will be Kristen Lopez. Uh, we have got shout out to everybody who sends us reviews. That's what's up. Yay. Shout out to everybody who sends us five star reviews and leaves them on uh, Apple Pot, on uh, iTunes. Or uh, when we when you leave us those reviews, we read them out loud on the air. Our first one comes from oh, this name right here, Lala Baba Yaga. <laughs> they say I've been withholding my review of WSY for about a year. I don't have the words to explain how much this podcast means to me. It usually drops when I'm getting off work on Friday. The light at the end of the tunnel. Ricky, April, and Alonzo brighten my week. Every week, the guests are also amazing. Look at you, Emily, being amazing. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank and you very much. Come into the light. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff. Jeff writes, what else can I say? I'm a straight white male who's not even that into movies. But this is a must-listen podcast for me every week. Ricky, Alonzo, April, Drea, Ingu, and the rest of the crew are more honest and open than people objectively should be. But it sure makes for a good show. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you very much. I'm like, wow, should we pull back? (laughs) I mean, I'm feeling a little judged by you, Jeff, but we appreciate the review anyway. Emily, we appreciate you being here this week. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yes, yes, this was super fun. Where can people find you online? Um, I'm on Twitter at Flemily Emming, on Instagram at mflemily, and you can see me. I know. (laughs) It's too much. I can't do it. Uh, Well, my name is Emily Fleming, and there's a lot of Emilys out there. you got to make it work. And uh, uh, you can see me on Good Mythical Morning on YouTube. I appear on there regularly, and I do stand-up throughout this great nation. <laughs> That's what's up, yeah. So hopefully I see you soon. 
Uh, Alright, hey, if you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, you can tweet us at WhoShotYouPod or send us an email at WhoShotYouMaximumFun.org. Again, if you want to call into the Who Shot line, it's WSY8031664. Our producer is Casey O'Brien. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher. This is a production of MaximumFun.org. And y'all out there, y'all are what's up. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.